Thank you for listening to the Guys Who Do Stuff podcast. Visit guyswhodostuff.com. You probably shouldn't Google that. All right, welcome to the Guys Who Do Stuff podcast. I'm Joe. And I'm Josh. This is the show where we help you get unstuck, tell a better story, and have a good answer to the question, what are you doing today? And today we're excited to welcome our guest, Kendall. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Kendall Williams. Is it the third? Yes. Kendall is the founder of Triple T Suspension. Uh, Triple T Suspension is a motorcycle suspension shop providing services to enhance performance both on and off the track. So we're going to delve into that a little bit, dive into that a little bit. You're also a software engineer at IBM, is that right? That is correct. Man, you are like... Very common yeah. practice, right? You see software engineers and motorcycle gurus together. Really, Joe? <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> it is interesting, though, right? The stereotype of the average motorcycle rider is not like he's going to pop off and be like, yo, well, you need help with your spreadsheets? <laughs> <laughs> Kendall's got it going on. We met on a park bench, didn't we? Yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah, with our kids, yeah. I love how motorcycling brings people together. Even if you see a little brand on a shirt or a hat, like I think you had a Ducati hat or something like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was just like there with my kid. And I was like, I'm going to go sit beside of this guy. Right. You know? Yeah, and yeah. It's like, yo, you ride? It, exactly. That's how I was yeah. started. Yeah. We just started so, talking. And yeah. it was like, oh, finally someone I can relate to at a, at a park bench. <laughs> yeah, like baby at a park bench, with a kid park bench. Yeah. So... Start by telling us a little bit about yourself and your company. I started the company officially in uh, 2015. Uh, unofficially, I've been doing it since 2010, uh, probably 2008-ish. I worked as a Ducati technician when I was in Tallahassee. And I've just pretty much been around bikes and, and motor, motorsports pretty much my whole life. Yeah. Uh, for the most part, but I, it all started, and you know, my wife probably will kill me for this, but you know, but you gotta, you gotta put it out there. So the whole business started kind of on this bet where I told her, I said, hey, I've already been doing this unofficially and I'm helping friends out. You know, I want to do this officially now and make it a business. So she said, well, how are you going to do that and not touch our money? I can do that. And she said, yeah, well, you know, she's, she's a business major. So, yeah. you know, it's like, you know, she knows all what comes with that. And, you know, us, us as guys, we always just kind of come right. up with things just in general. So, you know, I told her that and she was just like, she gave me like the smirk, like, okay, I'll let you, I'll let you, uh, you know, so did you start own. it with like no cash infusion, like just all sweat equity? Yeah. None, none, none. That's awesome. All. Yeah. I haven't touched our personal account except for this I'll have to, you know, put it out there because you'll say, nope, there was one time. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but it was very small. I went yeah. to, uh, I went down to Asheville um, to get Olin certified and I had to get the hotel. So I told her, I said, hey, I just need a little money for that. And, you know, she was like, okay, that's fine. Yeah. So, you know, but I'll be putting that back this month. So nice. You know? <laughs> but that's it. Other than that, yeah, I haven't really touched our money at all. So. That's crazy. I think so many people think like I got to get a 50 grand loan and I got to hire employees and I got to do all this extra stuff that is like good advice for people in, in certain things. But then there's a whole nother approach, which is like, no, I'm going to go slow. I'm going to build up a book of business over time and I'm going to, and that's kind of the approach I've been taking. And it's great to see somebody else in there because every once in a while I'm like, shoot, should I have borrowed like 50 K like everybody else and have two employees right now? Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing. like with my wife, she's very business conscious and, you know, very budget conscious. So, yeah. you know, having her, it's been a blessing because if I didn't, I probably would have borrowed a whole bunch of money and <laughs> having my hand out like, you know, can I, yeah. can I get some money to pay these bills? My wife is an accountant and uh, a director of operations. And so she's, she's very smart with stuff like that too. Mm -hmm. So it's, uh, 
yeah. kindred spirits. Like she kind of keeps me honest. Like, should I do this? She's like, no, that's yeah. a dumb idea. Oh, you're right. And then she tells me why. <laughs> and I'm like, oh yeah, I see that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. that's kind of how it happened. And you know, I, I, you know, I thank God for her every day. Cause you know, you know she's really, she kind of keeps things honest for me when it comes to the budgeting stuff and everything with her now it has been a shock. She's like, wow. So you get on, you get on the budget software for that and you come with these spreadsheets and stuff. When are you going to do that for our stuff? Oh. Like, oh, I have years. <laughs> you got kids? Yeah. Yeah. I have three. Uh, the oldest is six and the middle child, she's, she's three. And then our youngest, he's eight, eight months. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, you know, it's, so it's you got a full-time job running a business and you don't sleep. So that's, yeah. <laughs> so tell us what your, what your company does. I'm not a big motorcycle guy, although I'm a giant fan of the idea, but I don't get to ride. <laughs> no, and well, that might change at this podcast. Uh, <laughs> how would everything started for me? It was just a Sunday ride. So anyone that rides knows that on Sundays, that's when you see most bikers because that's when we ride. You know, mm-hmm. Saturdays, you got your soccer moms and everybody doing their thing and it's just too much traffic. So we usually go out like on a Sunday morning and I was in Tallahassee and we on a morning ride and typically how these morning rides usually start is that, you know, there's a group of people and some of those people you don't know. You just kind of get together and you're like, hey, I have a nice bike. And then to kind of like how me and Josh met like on the park bench is the same thing when you all get together. We were probably about 15, 20 minutes into it. And this young individual that was on uh, R6, he went into the corner too hot and he was inexperienced. And ultimately, uh, to keep the story short, he died in my arms. Oh, wow. So I had to relive that story and retell it to his family because they wanted to know, did he die in pain? Was he saying anything? To actually go through that and have to tell a family that, it really hit me, it traumatized me. Yeah. You 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 hadn't met this young man before? No, never met him before. And that's how most of these rides start. You, there'll be someone that'll just come up and have a new bike or something and they'll just kind of, you know, be nervous and they may get one or two people that may go over there and greet them and say, this is the ride that we're doing, you know, welcome. And then that's it. And that's kind of how it happened. Mm-hmm. And later on found out that that bike that he was riding as an inexperienced rider used to previously be a racer's bike. Mm-hmm. So already the front suspension way too stiff rear suspension. The spring was not spring for him at all. And the tires that were on there, he shouldn't have been on the road at all. So it's small things that anyone could have got to him and said, hey, look, this bike, you really shouldn't be riding with us today. And if you're going to, you should be in the back with someone monitoring you. And that didn't happen. So because of that, I wanted to do something and change that whole dynamic of how it is on Sundays. So I started just Googling things about suspension and looking at what safety things you can do with your bike. And it just kind of went on to, oh, wow, there's so much yeah. that's here. And I did my homework. And there's pioneers in the business that you can talk to. Um, you know, who's a mentor of mine, Dave Moss. A lot of people that are in the business know who he is. I bugged him all the time. <laughs> it's like, who is this guy? Yeah. He keeps bugging me about all this technical stuff. <laughs> And he just became a mentor for me. And where um, did he live at that time? He's in California. Oh, actually. Okay. Yeah. And he's come out here a couple of times for some of the events that okay. we've been doing. So, um, you know, he's, he's been a great mentor, a great friend. Yeah. And, you know, I've met others along the way that share the same passion, but also the same focus of safety yeah. for fellow riders. I'm fascinated with that component of the story right there and want to pause and just 
iterate some stuff for if you're a business owner, like you, you didn't have a mentor in the field, but you knew this guy knew what he was talking about. He's on the other side of the country. What did it look like to approach him now to call him a mentor? Like how did the relationship start? It started me just basically asking him about things about the bikes. He has YouTubes and stuff that is out there. And anyone that's usually that's, that's riding two wheels, they know who he is because he has so much content. I was very intrigued by like the second video. He said that my mission is to promote motorcycle safety and awareness of how dangerous these bikes can be when you don't take the time right. to do the maintenance and mm-hmm. just to understand some of the stuff that you do not see in the owner's manual. Owner's manual doesn't even tell you to change the fork oil. Sure. Most of them won't. And for the rear, they just tell you that to chuck it and then get, you know, some $800 Olin's or uh, K-Tech, you know, shock, which is fine, but they are rebuildable. But at the same time, there's not a lot of information that's there. Mm-hmm. And as from a manufacturer standpoint, I get it because it's more of an insurance thing. And you start taking apart these, yeah. you know, these parts it's a lot of intricate parts that are there. That so, so what happened and how did the relationship evolve to the point where you're today calling him a mentor of yours? I shared the same passion and I shared my story yeah. and what I actually wanted to do, you know, on this side, you know, and he at the time was looking for opportunities to be able to come over here and share his experiences and safety. So he already did that with one or two other people that were in the mid, you know, in the Midwest coast. And then there was one other person in, in, uh, in the UK where he's originally from and he just kind of took me on. And what he did was that he gave me two or three nuggets and then I will come back. And he tells me today that, you know, I was shocked that you actually did. He said, because I'll tell people to do mm-hmm. the homework and I'll never hear from him. Yeah. He would give me four things. I'll come back to him two weeks later with questions, another three things. And he's like, yeah, this guy's serious. So that's kind of how the, yeah. the relationship blossomed. It was kind of testing to see if. Are you really interested in doing this? Right. Or do you just want my, you know, my information. You're going to kick me to the curb. Yeah. We talk, you know, a lot these days now. It's to the point now where I'll even, sometimes I'll argue with him about different things. <laughs> and I'll step back and say, wow, I'm, I'm arguing <laughs> with Dave Moss. <laughs> like, <laughs> which I never thought I would be that, you know, it's like, he's like this shrine, you know, that's on the you know, this motorcycle guy that's online. So, and I'm just privileged to call him my friend. Yeah. I like that you guys, because a lot of people come on and they talk about how you need a really important why. And it seems like you guys united around this very important why of motorcycle safety. So you rebuild suspensions and you, do you do any kind of like consulting or just education for people that buy new bikes to kind of? Yeah, I do. So it's, is the, is the suspension, but it's also the motorcycle geometry overall. So sometimes it's it's the rear sets. It's how you're sitting on the bike. Is your lower back hurting? Are the are the pegs you know sitting where they need to be? Mm-hmm. Is your handlebars where they need to be? There are adjustments that are there that you can do to make it feel more comfortable for you. I had an event, a dealership event that I did last week, and this client was complaining about his wrist. His wrist was really really bothering him. All we did was sit on the bike, and, and I had him do a couple of movements, and you know I stall on the throttle portion of the bike that he was reaching for the brake. So he would have to accelerate to actually reach for the brake. Yeah. And even if you're not in motorcycles, I don't have to tell you how dangerous that <laughs> yeah. is. That's a contradiction. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we did, we made literally a small adjustment and he 
Darner gave me a hug because he was just like, well, my wrist doesn't hurt anymore. So, you yeah. know, it's, and, and I don't have to yeah. speed up to stop. That's also very <laughs> useful. <laughs> What's the old joke about the guy who takes his bike in? He's like, hey, man, it's, ter- it's leaning to the right. It's leaning to the right. They're like, when does it lean to the right? He's like, well, every Thursday. It's like, what do you mean every th- What are you doing every Thursday? He's like, well, I go to the bowling alley and I have my bowling ball on the right. Oh, that's what it is. <laughs> Did I tell that the right way or something like no, that? Yeah, oh, yeah. Like, yeah. It's, it's like, like that. Little yeah. things, right? That you're like, okay, wait a minute. This adjustment equals no pain. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Good. So yeah. when you went from this passion that you had to, to make sure that like situations like you talked about, about don't happen again and connecting that with what, what you want to do and then turning that into a business. What is one of the, like the main, the big lessons that you felt like you learned from your mentor that saved you the most pain and time when it comes to starting a triple T suspension? Yeah. The biggest thing for Dave, for me that I learned was taking your time and understanding the data that you were actually trying to interpret to your audience because everybody that's on a bike, you can't just assume that, oh, well, he knows what rebound is or compression. And you, you have to find that language that you have with that client. Because like you said earlier, if it's a person and we're doing consulting and it's a brand new bike for them, it's their first time having a bike. I can't talk to them about rake and trail. Yeah. They don't know what that is. And if I, that's too much information at that time. You need to be able to understand what they want in the bike and why they're getting it. Is this a midlife crisis thing or is this a thing that you really want to get into and start doing track days or you're just trying to be the weekend warrior guy. Mm -hmm. And those weren't different types of conversations. Yeah. So taking the time to soak in what your client base is actually trying to portray to you what they want to do and then feeding off of that, off of the 10 or 15 years or however long of knowledge that you have to be able to give them what they need. Yeah. What do you think are some of the, the building blocks or what are some of the most critical skills that you think business owners like yourself need to have in order to weather the storm of starting a business slowly like you have done? Patience is the number one thing. Yeah. Having that patience and knowing that in time that you know you will succeed. Mm-hmm. You're going to have failures and just being okay with that. Knowing that, you know, because I am a perfectionist when it comes to certain, you know, a lot of things. Yeah. And yeah, it's just that fear of failing. It's like, uh, I don't want to fail, you know, but you have to be able to embrace that and know that that failure. Yeah. That's just, you know, I, I didn't win the battle, but I know I'm going to win the war. Fail forward, right? Exactly. No, fail no forward. Pro- no progression without regression. Exactly. Just exactly. With comes with the territory. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know. And you've been at it since you said 2000. 2015 officially, but nearly, you know, 2018 or so. Well, yeah, it's been a while. And so, you were at Ducati Tech in Tallahassee, Florida. Yeah. Yeah. I did that there, you know, for a sh- you know, short period of time. But, you know, I also worked at Acura and BMW also. So doing tech work and Prior to that, you know, how I got into that was I was basically a wash boy and it was like, no, nah, I'm going to get in here. You know, mm. I'm just going to get in there while I'm in school. Yep. I became an apprentice and, yep. know, and worked through it. So. Where'd you go to school? Florida State. Florida Seminoles. State. Let's go. <laughs> Did you go to ball games at all? Football, baseball, basketball, anything? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I definitely went to those. Yeah, they were yeah. they were great. You enjoyed yeah. your school time? Oh, yeah. Yeah, school time was great. Yeah, you know, it, it was awesome. 
Were you on the four year plan or the eight year plan? What? <laughs> so yeah, so I was actually on the six year plan. I'll call it. The funny thing about it is, is that I started out as a mechanical engineer, and I realized after a little while with a couple internships that. After doing this, I still have to do my PE. And in order to do that, you have to be with a company for about four years or so. And then you can apply for that. And then they was like, well, wait, I have to I get to apply or I get to actually take it. And he's like, no, you have to apply. So I was like, that's a lot of school stuff. I just want to do the four years and be done. <laughs> <laughs> I realized with even my mechanical know-how that I could apply that into computers. I was talking with someone and I didn't realize that was the dean of communications. And he knew the assistant dean for mechanical engineering. Hmm. So, yeah. So I have to tell you how that conversation worked out. So <laughs> when I was having like, well, how, how's your how's your schooling going? Like, yeah, it's OK. But, uh, you know, they got me doing this and this. And he's like, oh, OK. <laughs> so, yeah, when I was officially introduced to him, my mouth just kind of dropped. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was like, we had a mop and a mop bucket one day in the hallway. He was like, this is a janitor. I can just tell him, I, I can just bear my soul to this guy. Right, right. Yeah. So, and we're still, and we're friends. So, yeah. you know, he's uh, very proud of the stuff that I've done, you know, through my professional career and also with me starting a business. What do you see as the, so when's your hot season, off season, downtime? What, what's, how's that look throughout the year for you? I would say probably about March, March to around now is when it's really hot for me after that you know you got the holidays and then pretty much after christmas is when people want to come to me and get the the shiny olens or the k-tech and say you know hey i want to get the new suspension that's out you know can you get that get that for me i have a customer and i won't mention his name but he wanted to he wants to get some new suspension for his bike and but he wants to go through his paypal so he's like, hey, I got some Christmas money coming up. I want to be able to put this through the PayPal because the wife will find out on the PayPal at the end of the month if I do it on the regular credit card. <laughs> she'll find out next week. So I'm like, uh, well, you know, I want to get involved in that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, dude, don't tell me that. Like, that yeah, you know, yeah. like, because I, I You should put a disclaimer on your website that says, yeah, if you're going to come at me this way, don't come at me. <laughs> right, like, just don't do, don't do that because, yeah, just, just do the deal. Just do it. Just do it. <laughs> now you got my, my, my conscience involved, man. I do uh, track days through Evolve GT and also Corner Speed, who's owned by Aaron Stevenson and Evolve. There's a couple of owners that they have that are through there, but but those are the two track day organizations that I work with and that I trust the most. So every year it's something different. You know, I'll have you know a rear shock that I couldn't revalve you know correctly for that particular rider for something, and then he's doing something different, and then we end up having to change it. So it just it I do enjoy that where it's there's always it's a constant learning thing. You have to continually stay on it. And yeah. reading tires, that's something I, I do as well. So Doing what with tires? Read them. So, and this is something that Dave does, and, you know, and that's what we argue about sometimes, about the tires. So with motorcycle tires, because if you're only being on two wheels, they get stressed a lot greater than they do with someone that's, someone that's on four wheels. There's a lot of factors that are involved. You have temperature, pressure, and throttle control, and braking. All of those four factors, I can dictate what you're doing the most with just looking at the tire and change your suspension based on that. Mm -hmm. Now, good. You said you argue with Dave about that, your mentor, how, what, what is that? Where's that fine line of disagreement in that? It sounds pretty straightforward to me. Yeah. It's like, you know, so like if, for example, like there's like a, there's a common tear in a tire that we see a lot during mid season when it's really hot and it's, we call it a cold tear where the surface of the carcass is to optimal temperature, but the whole carcass is not. 
So what we will continually kind of go back and forth with, I'll tell him that, well, I changed this on the tire and I was able to heal it. Yeah, but if he would have dropped two PSI and did, you know, something with the suspension, I, you know, i.e. compression, you know, two clicks out, then that probably would have fixed it. Yeah, well, maybe you're right, but what I did worked. Like, yeah, it did, but you could have did it this way. Like, I'll let you have the last word this time. Like, <laughs> So when I ask you about the lesson from your mentor and then the, the what you practice in your life, both answers were patience. And so I want to hear a little bit like weapons of choice. What do you do daily to help hone your skill of patience as a business owner? The, I would say probably my wife. I knew it was going to yeah. be that. <laughs> yeah, because she sees it firsthand. She'll just see it on my face and she's like, you know, you, you need a beer or something. <laughs> you need a minute. <laughs> Come here, baby. Come tomorrow. Exactly. Yeah. So she, she'll definitely she'll see that. And then also sometimes it's to the point when I'm doing a particular job that's frustrating the hell out of me mm-hmm. that I know I needed to step back because you know at some point that okay this is not going how it needs to go and it's not going to go how it is to, for the rest of the night. So yeah, once you just sleep on it. Yeah. A little bit of patience. It's something we should all struggle with, I think. Yeah. Well, shout out to being married and having a family because that does help. And that's why I reacted that way because it's it's like they say the blessing of singleness or whatever. But, the you know, the thing about being married and being a professional is that you got this partner mm-hmm. and this friend that you're like, they know you so well. They know us so well. Yeah. And we can like, they make us better, right? Yeah, they do. Yeah. They do. And yeah. I think we yeah. talked about... We talked about that when we were at the on the bench. I, I believe we did uh, the Five yeah. Love Languages book. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Which I, I recommend every married couple to read that book. It's, Gary Chapman, if you're yeah. looking it up, Five Love Languages. Doctor yeah. Gary Chapman. Yeah, yeah. That I love that book. It's great. You know, my wife could look at me, or I could look at her, and I could tell she's you know either one not getting what she needs from me, or mm-hmm. just she's not getting what she needs for the day. And I know that. Well, I don't want to be selfish. I, I know I, I need my time with you right now, but. I know what you need, so let me go ahead yeah. and get to you. you know? Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. it works out. Yeah. I think for, for me, one of the things my wife is really excellent at talking about, like, knowing your mood and stuff, is when I get frustrated and stuck with a problem, like you were saying, just that simple, like, you'll figure it out. Like, she's really good at that. You get frustrated with stuff a lot, but you'll figure it out. <laughs> like, you just got to breathe. <laughs> exactly. Get through it. For me, I, I suffer from just anger issues. You know, I used to when I was younger, and I it's a place I don't, never really want to go again yeah. and with me getting older and having kids and you know you become you become like this you become you know like a hero to them and yeah. you know what they they see a lot of that you know I saw a lot of that in my parents when mm-hmm. they were frustrated and stuff and that kind of trickles down you can tell when somebody's patient that they've done the work over a long amount of time so it's like one of those it's one of those character traits that comes out under pressure everybody has it in theory mm-hmm. in a non-pressure moment and for me with the racing that really helps out because it helps out and it transcends into day-to-day driving. Mm. So my wife says this a lot when we're, when I'm driving that I react to things slowly. Yeah. But it's just because to me it's happening very slow, but to her or to someone that's just on the road, it's happening very quick. Oh, okay. And we make those knee jerk reactions. So like she sees brake lights half mile down the road and, and you, she's like, ah, and you don't press the brakes right away because you're right. like, that's she's a like, half mile away. She's like, like are you going to stop? And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, my, my foot's on the brake. It's just not, you know, the lead foot. <laughs> you do right foot gas, left foot brake, like 
racers do. I hear I hear that's a trend in motorsports. If I would if I have a car with a clutch, I'll do that. But I traditionally just use just the one foot, and I'm good. You so know, in a that. manual transmission, you'd have left foot operating the clutch and the brake, and the mm-hmm. right foot exclusive for the gas. But in your yeah. yeah yeah yeah, and then I double clutch also. So then that's a whole nother conversation. Yeah <laughs> right. <laughs> It's like front braking when you're turning, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then on the motorcycle, I mean, there's there's a lot of factors that go into it. And mm-hmm. a lot of people just don't know, you know, like uh, backing it in. Uh, that's a term that people use when they're coming into a corner and they're going to the apex and you see the rear stepping yeah. stepping out. Mm-hmm. But, you know, backing it in would be that you're, what you're doing is that you're kind of counter steering it. And you'll see, you know, like the MotoGP guys do where they put the foot down. Yeah. And that's a trend in the last 10 years, though, on MotoGP, right? Yeah. And then World Superbike. And mm-hmm. yeah, they do that there. There is different philosophy. Some people say, well, they don't need to do that. And I'm like, well, well, they come from, you know, the dirt bike realm. That's just something that they're used to doing. Right. That's there. So it's just kind of just counter, you know, countering your body you know, that you have, you know, going into the apex that you have that's there. So, yeah. And now there's like electronics and yeah. stuff now. So that allow for people to do that on newer bikes and I laugh about it because <laughs> I had to learn that <laughs> like <laughs> auto blipping, you know, with, for people that don't know, it's just, you know, shifting without the clutch and you know, that kind of stuff that you had to do in rev matching. You, I had to learn that. Like that took me like 10, 15 track days to do, you know, and then now they have electronics to where it's just, Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> I could buy a $20,000 Ducati and do it. You know? like, Speaking yeah. of electronics and electric, are you seeing the trend of electric motorcycles? Is it coming in our lifetime? There will there be a tipping point? And if so, what are you doing or need to do to prepare as a suspension specialist? It doesn't seem to affect you as much as it would, a, you know, an exhaust company or another engineering firm of a motor part right like mm-hmm. so how do you see that affecting your business yeah good question yeah yeah it's, it wouldn't affect me as much as yeah like say like an exhaust like two brothers or you know a cockavich or you know anything like that but it does affect in terms of the weight extremely heavy you know so you have to the characteristics of what you have to do the suspension is completely different they're not double the weight but yeah the electric bikes yeah, the electric because the, bikes. Because the battery. Exactly. Yeah. It's like you take this bike that only weighed 400 pounds and now it weighs the it weighs just as much as a Harley. When you think about having been in business for as long as you've been in business now, and obviously you've there's been a lot of hard work and strategy and and recoming at it and trying something else mm-hmm. to to stay in business, let alone be successful in business. Yeah. From your perspective, what are some of the processes that you wish you would have put in place sooner? Probably the, I, my wife, she'll, she'll, she'll love this. Your wife's uh, listening to this podcast. Yeah, no, like she's somewhere she's listening. Right, yeah, she she's is. like, this is the answer. <laughs> you better say that. <laughs> say it, say it. <laughs> like, you know it. Yeah, we, we reviewed this last night. <laughs> <laughs> but no, yeah, it's, it would be the social media aspect. Oh, really? Of, so it would be the Facebooks. Anyone that knows me knows I can't stand Facebook. I'm not a social media guy. That's why we're friends. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That's it. I knew it. Josh, we've been doing this show for like a a year now almost. And like a couple of weeks ago, he was like, you know, you keep, you keep mentioning me on the social media. That's not even my account, man. So that's how that's how into it Josh is currently. And how good Joe is at research. He just found that. Well, like, just I probably found set it. up that account like yeah. 13 years ago and it's an Instagram page. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that actually was me, but I don't remember that I was name. Like, it's, it's you in the profile. It's it you is in the my profile picture. picture. Like, I'm pretty <laughs> sure it's your account. <laughs> Anywho, back to you, Kendall. No, yeah, but you know, that, that would be the one that I 
wish I would have started that sooner because I see the benefit of it and yeah. what it's done for my business. Now, personally, yeah, I don't, I don't use it. Um, well, that's probably wise. You didn't put the cart before the horse, you know what I'm saying? Oh, you got yeah, to work. Yeah. Yeah. And it was one of those things like, so like the year before we were looking right. at, I was looking at sales and stuff and I was like, man, I'm really having a slump during the time when I should really be yeah. progressing. Like, am I not just putting myself out there enough mm-hmm. or like what it was? I'm scratching my head. And of course, you know, my wife walks in and it was like Facebook. she just keeps walking through the room ghosted you with it right yeah it's because she's (laughs) she's been doing that like since i started like she's like you need to have a social media facebook like a presence i'm like let me tell you something that i think a lot of small business owners wrestle with and i'm sure you probably realize this in your own way that like they think that their personal version of facebook is what facebook is for a business Mm. and the way that you present your business on facebook is more like i want to be where customers are yeah. And it's less about like your thoughts on social media. Yeah. And I managed some social media accounts for somebody. And I'll tell you a quick story about I was doing one for a, a friend of mine, a uh, client, and uh, I do these quarterly review kind of things. And I was before I do my research and look at the analytics. And so I'm evaluating the strategy and then I'm going to sit down with him and talk to him about what we see, what we got to work on. I was I was thinking before I ran the numbers that I was going to recommend to him to fire me from doing a social media because we were not seeing a lot of likes or comments. Mm -hmm. And um, when I really got into the analytics and looked at the Google analytics side of it, I saw that a decent percentage of his traffic to his overall website was coming from social media. And the conversion rate on the traffic from the social media was higher than the organic traffic. Mm -hmm. And so what I was really what the numbers taught me is like, who cares if you're not, good at Facebook for Facebook's sake or Instagram for Instagram's sake, if it's mm-hmm. driving people to your business and helping them be a customer, it's golden. great. Yeah. But if you only have like four to eight likes, don't beat yourself up if it's doing its job. Yeah. Um, but it's hard not to treat social media like that, right? Like, why don't exactly, I have a hundred yeah. likes? Like nobody, nobody likes, likes me. No it's likes. so tied to our self-esteem for some reason. It's you know? never yeah. good enough. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's never, never good enough. Yeah, and it's one of the things like, and, and that's great because yeah, it's the same thing. It's like, it's like, well, am I getting a lot of likes? But, you know, there's analytical software that's in there and mm-hmm. they'll see it, but they're not going to like it, but they'll right. say, oh, wow, yeah, this guy's right. great. And you put the link in it and they'll be like, that's cool. What's your website? And they'll look you up somewhere else. And exactly. Like, <laughs> yeah. And it just kind of, right. <laughs> And it just kind of goes around. And, you know, one of the things for me that I found, you know, as a business owner is that right when I was trying to start up, I was like, okay, well, what's going to set me apart from other motorcycle shops that are doing something similar or that does this? My specialty is suspension is geometry for the bike and for the rider, whereas others will be oil changes and so forth, you know, and they'll do for, you know, they'll do a fork service, but yeah. they don't specialize in that. Mm-hmm. And that's what I do. Yeah, how can I further the niche? How can I even make it even that much more appetizing to my customer? Yeah. And to me was, what do I look for when I go to get service on my vehicle or just anything? And to me was, oh, visual representation. Is that, okay, well, if I have to do a valve job on your Honda Civic, mm-hmm. if I'm your technician, if I'm giving you visible representation of the job, progress of the job when I'm doing it when it's getting done and any quirks or things I find in between yeah that's priceless and I started doing that and that's kind of in a way what really skyrocketed yeah so what does that look like you like take pictures along the way and just give people updates yeah are you using like a software to do that or you just no I use I use my 
And I use my 4K camera. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes I'll even use now with technology, I can use my phone, but I'll do that. And then I use my Google, my Google drive and, and send them the link through email. And then they get that and they get those updates through there. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. yeah. Why do you use a 4K camera so you can crop in? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, sometimes what it is that I'm showing them things like, for example, like on, uh, if you have inverted forks, you have uh, the chrome tubes, they'll, they get scratched up really bad. And yeah, try, try showing on a regular camera a scratch on a chrome tube. Right. Yeah, so yeah. I get to get that kind of detail that's there. And eventually, in, I also do some valve works on Ducatis because of me knowing the history in that. Yeah. So I'll even send customers that saying that, hey, I had to do these on these particular valves that were here. And, and they love that. And even yeah, if it's man. not just an update, it's, you know, at the end of my service, I give them that. It stays in, it stays in the cloud and it has notes. Right. So when they come back to me and say, hey, well, remember that job that we did, a, you know, last year? What were the settings on this? And what, what, yeah. what, what shims did you use? Oh, it's right there in your file. Yeah. So customers like that because they have a history that they can share. And then they also, they can share it. That's great. So your customer becomes your social media yeah. you know, person just kind of Yeah, you're just giving them stuff out. to share on social media. Like, check out this awesome work they got. Yeah, done. exactly. I was reminded of, uh, I think it was Steve Martin, was talking about comedy. And he's like, here's the three steps to being a good comic. One, tell them what you're going to do. Two, do it. Three, tell them that you did it. <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. And I think that... All right, man, I got this great question that I'm going to adapt a little bit that I love asking. Have uh, you ever seen the movie Back to the Future? They got that time machine, the DeLorean. Uh, so it, yeah. So in this case, the DeLorean's a motorcycle. <laughs> oh, it's a what? Ducati. Okay. It's, uh, which, so if now, you could, which one? Is it? I don't, Probably yeah. a Multistrada. I don't oh, know enough, Joshua. Yeah. So you can pack in. it up. An S4 but, uh, maybe. Let's say this hypothetical universe exists where you get to borrow the Ducati time machine for a moment and you can plot back to the moment before you started your company. And you got you got sixty seconds, okay, to talk to yourself. What advice would you give yourself? Wow, oh, man, that's that's a tough one. Start social media earlier. You <laughs> You're like your wife was right, <laughs> right? <laughs> Listen to your wife. <laughs> <laughs> we promote that probably on the guys who do stuff podcast. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, that probably would be. Yeah, that I would probably say that because yeah, once I did that, mm. I I could I had an instant connection with my audience yeah. it was no longer like well they scroll down to the bottom of your website and i'll contact me yeah he's gonna contact me and then you're done and you're like oh, i'll get to him but like with the social with the facebook you got the messenger right. i mean i can book appointments you know mm -hmm. quickly and it's all there yeah i get to help companies grow their business through websites and that's kind of part of what i do and mm -hmm. like yeah, so I that, that that power of Content marketing is so underutilized and Josh does that too with video and helps brands kind of just continually tell their story, put it where people go to look for it. And I think people overweight things like SEO and the technical side of their website mm -hmm. when they should be focusing, when they're a small business, their effort and their energy on putting out great content to establish themselves as a thought leader, to demonstrate their authority on what they know yeah. and to just build a uh, a group of followers that can be your brand ambassadors, like you were saying. Yeah, it's definitely. Constantly overlooked. Yeah, it's overlooked. And, uh, you know, even segueing back to what you were saying about one of the things, too, that, you know, what makes m my business and what makes me as a business owner so unique is, is that I have a day job. I could do this business and do it organically and kind of take my time and take right. the time and learning the information. What scares me the most 
is or what scared me the most was that is someone going to catch me on something I don't know at that moment? And I don't like being unprepared. So mm. with that, I always had the book with me. Yeah. And when I say the book, there's there's two specific books that you can go if you want to actually learn about suspension. And that's the race tech suspension book. And then there is the motorcycle suspension book that they have from yeah. K-Tech. They're very technical. They are very hard to read. Uh, if you don't have an engineering mindset, I don't recommend it. Yeah. Just, you know, listen to this podcast. There <laughs> seems like there's some bit of diagnosis to what you offer and diagnosis should come with some research oh yeah yeah like you don't just want to be like you might be so experienced because you've seen that one a thousand times you can quickly diagnose it from mm -hmm. the tear on the tire like you were mentioning before right or it could be a unique problem unique to that person that mm -hmm. warrants research yeah and well sometimes follow-up questions and yeah. i need to know more before i can give you a good answer and sometimes yeah. it's a bike that i haven't done work with yet mm -hmm. and if it's that particular bike then okay yeah. well you know let me to go do my homework i'll get back to you yeah. and it won't be a month later you know i try to give them updates this is like my rule of thumb for me is that any customer that contacts me i need to get back to them within 72 hours you know of a consultation mm -hmm. and give them the best course of action whether it be in an expensive one or inexpensive one yeah you know i'll try to get back to them you know regarding that and what they actually what are you trying to accomplish because that's always the thing with the with the motorcycles when i do dealership days or when i'm on the track someone will always come to me and say hey i want to lower my triple tr i want to lower my forks through the triple three triple tree three millimeters yeah why someone on the forum said i should do that yeah but why <laughs> what, what are you trying to accomplish yeah. not what they accomplished. And you saw that and you said, maybe I need that. Why do you need it? Well, I want to turn in quicker. Yeah. But why? Like is, is the way that you're riding, is it comfortable or right. what are you trying to achieve? And that's the way that I always approach every customer. What is your end goal? Not the end goal of what someone else is doing. Yeah. So how would somebody reach out to you to work with triple T suspension? Yeah, through the Facebook. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so yeah, the the Facebook's a great way to contact me through there. The website, obviously, you can contact me through there, see my services and the stuff that I offer. Um, that's through there, the consultation services, and my events are on both. So you know, I try to pull traffic either way that I can. But mm -hmm. yeah, just reaching out, you know, through the Facebook or emailing me, you know, at Kendall at Triple T Suspension com. Very cool. What's the name Triple T? What's that all about? Yeah, I was waiting for that because I was like, I thought someone would have came over to be like, no. I see it on your sleeve. Again. I figured it yeah, out. I saw you looking. So he's got, <laughs> he's got troubleshooting, see, testing, and tuning exactly. written on his sleeve. So I, I figured it out earlier. <laughs> <laughs> Got to get that in the picture for the thumbnail. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, and that's what it is. And that's how I came up with that was it's like, you know, uh, just go, you know, just writing things down that stuck yeah and i don't want to tell you the other names they were horrible you know but <laughs> but yeah the, yeah testing started out with std it was a different thing <laughs> like safety tuning and discipline threw that one out <laughs> good one joe there you go <laughs> roll with it start something that way see how that goes good times we, all, we need, all we need to do now is get you a bike you yeah <laughs> yeah he's been talking about it kendall yeah i've been wanting it my wife like probably many wives in the u.s is concerned with the safety issues and yeah. my daughter's being young etc mm -hmm. and i try to like for my if i'm ever trying to make a point like i'm a slow driver like i'm a cautious driver i know that would translate and uh, i feel like what you talked about today opened up a whole new realm i didn't even understand like mm -hmm. and i think that's just the smart way to go about it it reminded me when you were talking of what like my grandpa and my dad would teach me about working with tools in the wood shop 
like these tools are awesome, but you need to respect them. Mm-hmm. And here's what respecting them look like. If you don't do these things, you're going to get hurt. Like you got to use the guards. This is what could happen if you cut the wood the wrong way. This is what could happen in walking through those things. Yeah. It's not that the woodworking tools in and of themselves are dangerous, but an, a lack of understanding of what the tools can do can yeah. put yourself in a dangerous situation. I, I taught the MSF course, Motorcycle Safety Foundation course, in New York and California for a handful of years. And that that is the, the key to a uh, lowered risk rider right there is that how do you handle and approach just uh, tools? Right. And uh, risk. And right. What is your risk tolerance you just, level? Just be like, here, cut down this tree with this chainsaw, and then yeah. you know what you're working with. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, for you, I mean, you you could you could hop a little Vespa in your neighbor. Knowing your neighborhood, it's so yeah. chill. Just get you a Vespa. My wife said I could get a Vespa, and I said, I don't know if my self esteem could handle it. Yeah. It's just walking around. I feel like, you know, with your feet, they're just in like this weird yeah. position. Yeah, like yeah, 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 yeah. Like you're a lady riding a horse. <laughs> you know, I feel like. Side saddle, 1800s. Yeah. <laughs> Electric pedal assist bicycle. That'll get you some kicks. Yeah. You know, well, it works. Well, you can, get a, you can get a Ninja 400. I mean, I, I find the smaller bikes to be more exciting. Yeah. You know, there are people that will make recommendations and saying, you need to get you a 750 or right. get a 600. It's like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, you more, know, like, it's more fun to ride a slow bike well than a fast bike poorly, right? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Because you have yeah. time to react. Well, it's a great yeah. starter bike. So the Ninja 400, I'll tell you the ones I've looked around online and looked uh, just like for aesthetics, the one that I think are neat as well as I know I don't need a big bike. And so one of the ones that's appealing to me is like that cafe rider type of bike, cafe like that racer, stuff, yeah. cafe racer kind yeah. of bike. Yeah, yeah, those are nice, but you know, I mean, they're not good on your back, but I mean, but they're 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 nice bikes. I mean, they're they're yeah. good, but for a starter bike, he might want to show the tattoo on his lower back. You know, hey, I mean, we don't know, yeah, that's yeah. embarrassing. I don't want anybody <laughs> seeing my tramp stamp. <laughs> oh, 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 oh no, but no, I mean, yeah, the the Ninja Four Hundred, you know, they're really good and they're popular. You know, you got kids that are. 16 17 you know on the track and they blow through guys that are guys and gals that are on the 600 and 750s they're like little gnats in the back end when they're coming through the apex it's like you know like i'm, I'm getting him in the straight but he's getting me on the corners and i'm like well maybe you should pull over and let him follow follow him follow his line <laughs> and do that but yeah i mean you know those are those are good bikes you know to, to do that with so if you want to get into the sport bike don't get yes because you're not it's so many of them out there you know, on yeah. on Craigslist, you're not going to. There get is a bit of decision paralysis, and and what you were talking about of like riding the wrong bike and the poten- the potential implications just really mm-hmm. made me even more timid as a as a guy who doesn't know much about it. With <laughs> there's like a hundred thousand options of bikes you could like when you type in motorcycle. If you go to Craigslist, you're like, right now my understanding is bike. Triumph uh, Bonneville. <laughs> Triumph Bonneville would be a good, you know, standard position for him. Yeah, Bonneville. Yeah, 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 yeah. Triumph Bonneville would be nice. Yeah. yeah. And maybe like a little. I'm going to make sure my wife listens to this episode. Yeah, yeah she needs to listen. Oh, oh, Kendall, man, it. it was awesome talking to you, man. Yeah, man. No, yeah. Do you know your Facebook handle? It is T is trip is TTT Suspension. TTT Suspension on yeah. Facebook. And then your website is? TripleTSuspension.com. Very good. Holla. All right, yeah. It's been awesome talking to you, man. Yeah, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thank you both. I really appreciate it. Our pleasure. Awesome. Relevant Media Solutions believes that marketing is storytelling. They help take business owners from feeling scared that their ineffective website is losing business, embarrassed of their online presence, and worry that their customers are not finding them, to business leaders with a useful website that grows their business and sees customers return. Let them help you tell your story. Visit relevantmediasolutions.com today.
This episode of the Guys Who Do Stuff podcast is made possible by Forerunner Media. Forerunner Media is a creative agency helping you reach your strategic goals through content creation for social media and other platforms. Clients include Porsche USA, BMW Motorcycles, HH Hunt, the North Carolina Bankers Association, The Price Company, and Link Business, just to name a few. For every handful of satisfied paying customers, Forerunner Media does a project absolutely free for organizations who are doing good for their communities. Contact josh.manning at forerunner.media today for more information. Forerunner Media, your content creation partner. We love making this stuff for you. You can help us out by subscribing wherever you get your podcasts. Get unstuck, tell a better story, and have a good answer to the question, what are you doing today? 